Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins and welcome to Life, Death and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium and here we explore life, death, consciousness and what it all means. Today, I am excited. I have one of my favorite guests back. Jeanette Byro is back. We met, I don't know, what was it like? Maybe six months, a year, six months ago? A year, I think. Episode? Was it that long ago? Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. And we had this amazing episode that blew my mind. It was sort of this like secret part of myself that I wanted to talk about, but never was able to. Um, which is my curiosity about other dimensions. So Jeanette is a world-class spiritual medium and she channels beings from the fourth to 12th dimension. She connects people to the other side and brings messages to inspire and inform our world. She is clairaudient, clairvoyant, clairsentient, and claircognizant. She can hear, see, feel, and know information and communication from spirits and other dimensions. So welcome back today. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Hi there. Thanks so much, as always, for tuning in and listening to the podcast. Each episode costs more than you might think. Software tools to make graphics, write my newsletter, audio equipment and engineering, subscriptions to syndicate across Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, it all adds up. In order to stay a sane mom of three school-age kids, I obviously have help producing this podcast. I have help creating it. I have help with a lot because I'm a big believer in asking for help. Um, but all of this comes out of my pocket. So if possible, I would like to continue to keep my podcast ad-free, which means I would love for your help contributing. If just 10% of my listeners contributed on Patreon, I would be able to cover all of the costs of this podcast. So I totally recognize that not everybody can contribute. And what I can ask you to do, if you can, is to follow me on social media, to rate and review the podcast. And you can do that anywhere that you listen to your podcast. There's three little dots on Apple Podcasts where you can go to any episode and rate and review. Um, also, pass the podcast along. Your recommendations are what keeps the podcast alive and keeps the podcast going. So if you feel so compelled to contribute, it would really mean a lot to me. You can do that on Patreon. Uh, just go to patreon.com and put in Dr. Amy Robbins. Also, please follow me on Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins, at just Dr. Amy Robbins. Uh, feel free to send me any emails at team at dramyrobbins.com. And just reach out. I love hearing from you and I love hearing how the podcast is impacting your life. So here we go with today's episode. So what, what sort of um, propelled me, I mean, I would love to have you back every week to talk about what's going on with the energies <laughs> of our world and our planet. But I had done a, you offered a session on 2222, 2222, yeah. February 2nd, 2022, which was a yeah. huge portal opening. Um, and in that session, in that session you offered, you talked about this notion of time jumping, which mm -hmm. resonated with me because I was really feeling it at that time. And I think on that, um, in that call, in that chat, I talked, I, I wrote in the chat that literally right before the session, my son had said something like, mom, why does today feel like Friday, but it's only Wednesday. And this had been happening a lot to me. So I wanted to bring you back on. I wanted to talk a little bit about that, 
-hmm. what's happening in the world today? What are sort of different dimensions that are working with us and how are they working with us and how can we understand them? So I will sort of let you start with whatever resonates with you. Sure. So if we talk timelines first, right? Um, we have, now this is something that's even, it's hard to conceptualize because we like to be really linear in our understandings of things like A plus B equals C, right? That makes sense. It's a linear progression. Timelines are not necessarily linear because we have multiple timelines available to us at any time. One way that I can kind of explain that is we have multiple realities or multiple soul fragments of ourselves living in parallel timelines or realities at the same time. So essentially when the soul comes in to have an experience, it is also split between multiple versions of self. So some people listen to that and they're like, I can't even like that doesn't what that doesn't even make sense. And it's uh, some scientists call it the bubble theory of mm -hmm. parallel universes. Um, I've had spirit explain it as a star beam hypothesis of one central source with many lines that you know, like a star beam uh -huh. shine out of different soul aspects of self that all return to source once a lifetime is complete. All of that to say there are different timelines that we have where our lives are happening parallel to each other because the soul desires to gain as much information, experience, understanding as possible when it incarnates. And so we don't just simply do that in this timeline that you and I are talking in right now. We're also doing it in a couple others. And in some of those, we may be talking as well. That's right? what I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. But in another one, you may be, say, married with two children instead of three. I may have blonde hair in another reality. Like those are just simple, really simple ways to explain slight differences. But it's all based on the max amount, maximum amount of wisdom gained per incarnation. So what happens with that, what we had happened during the 222-222 portal mm. was we had, Spirit had explained it that sometimes we can have these crossovers of timelines where we end up experiencing time jumps. So sometimes, you know, those days where you're like, gosh, I feel like it's Friday, but it's like only Thursday or say maybe it's Tuesday and you think it's Friday. Like, when we have timelines that end up coming really close together for whatever reason, and I'll explain why this just recently happened, whenever they come really close together, they actually kind of bleed into each other a little bit. And that's when we have moments of snippets of different timelines kind of merging within the same one. And that can get confusing. That's when we have heightened experiences of deja vu. That's not our only reason for deja vu though, but that's one of them. Can you define deja vu just for people? Like what's your working definition of that? Yeah. So that's like having seen or experienced something before, and then you recognize that in the moment of experiencing it. Mm -hmm. So for example, like during this timeline crossing, I had just bought this red shirt, right? I had just bought it. So I just received it in the mail and put it down on my bed to then go put it on. And when I did that, I'm like, I've already done this with this shirt. Like I already remembered the vision of it on my bed and me going to grab it. And so when I was doing that, I'm like, I've already done that. I had that same experience in the same time, not with a red shirt. That would have been yeah. really weird. <laughs> I was turning. Yeah. Um, and it's a place that I turn all the time, but it mm -hmm. was a different experience. It was like, mm -hmm. wait, I've done this before 
in this exact way at this exact time. Yes. So, so what that, is happening? So that's when there's like a crossover of these timelines where they come really close together. So specifically with that February alignment of the number twos, we had the way I was shown it. So it could be more than three, but the way I was shown it was there was like three on average, three timelines that were braiding over each other for a certain amount of time until March 10th. And this braid that was happening was so that these three timelines could merge together and kind of work together so that each timeline could gain the experience from the other one all at the same time. So okay, it's like, this is like blowing my mind, right? <laughs> so it's like working in a group of three versus working by yourself, right? You're going to have greater collaboration, greater ideas and a bigger outcome, most likely because you're pulling from three different experiences versus one singular one. So three different soul fragmentations coming together. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're talking about when you're talking about the timelines? Yeah. And so they were braiding for a time. So when I first saw that, I thought, oh, okay, they're braiding to then become a singular timeline because you can actually have timelines that merge and become one. Right. So what am I doing in these other timelines or what's anyone doing? Doesn't need to be me. Do they All know? Do we things. know? Do we know what All we're doing? All kinds of things. So one of them, um, I have seen a couple of my other timelines before. One of them, I live in the same community that I do now, but I have a different house and it's painted kind of like this sort of weird pale yellow. I know the backyard. I've had visions of being in the backyard. I have my children, but at the time of that vision, um, it was still my same husband too. I was pregnant with our third child. I was seven months pregnant. Everything was the same, but I knew that I was watching this timeline that it was different than the one that I currently reside in. Right? So it, they can be very similar with some minute differences, right? Whereas in this timeline, I had, um, you know, I experienced a miscarriage. So perhaps that was that third soul that was willing to come through. Uh, there's, I mean, there's different ways we could explain that. Um, but so wow. we, okay. we're gaining insights. There are themes that are the same. So for example, my children and my husband, same theme in different timelines, but what's happening is different because the soul is trying to gain as much experience as possible in a single incarnation. So did you, I've talked about this on the podcast before. Did you read the book, Midnight Library, the fiction no. book? No. Okay. You got to read it so we can come back and talk. about. It. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Deal. I, I don't know if it's, if it's a similar, con if it's the same concept or just different quantum realities. Yep. But it's basically a story about this woman who early on in the book, she attempts suicide mm -hmm. and she's in this space called the library, the midnight library, where she can pull books out and look at how her life would have been different mm. had she made different choices. Is that different than what you're talking about or the same as what you're talking about? Or, Well, from what you're saying, I would think it's pretty similar. Okay. Um, I have had a client, I had a beautiful example one time where a client's a version of herself from another timeline merged in with the one here so that she could mend and heal from depression. Mm. And so in the, in the reading, I had explained to her exactly where she was the night that that aspect merged in with her crossing the street, yada, yada, all the details. And she was like, yeah. And I'm like, and then since then you were able to do a, B and C. And she's like, yes. 
was like, that's because another version of you merged with you. So that's why I'm saying sometimes our timelines can actually collapse or merge into one singular one. Okay. So let me ask this. So I had a, when I did my, I did a between life soul regression. I'm just trying to like make it help people understand this through examples. Cause I think that's kind of the best way. Mm -hmm. So I had a between life soul regression and I asked if I had exit points coming up Mm -hmm. and found out that I did. But when I was told this exit point, initially I was like, oh boy, because it's coming up people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was driving and I had this moment where what came into my mind was, well, that was an exit point before everything that happened to put you on this spiritual path would have happened because your unconscious was going to play out that which that which you feared most, mm-hmm. which was that I was going to end up like my aunt around the age she passed, mm-hmm. also dying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That gives you all a hint to what we're headed. My, the age that, you know, for those who have listened, know what she, she was 48. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, In that exact moment, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That had been an exit point contracted by my soul if I hadn't learned that I could overcome those fears. Is that Mm -hmm. what you're talking about here? Uh, No, not quite, because that is your kind of oversoul design. So you changing your trajectory based on the ascension you chose to do would divert that from this timeline. Okay. Right. So they may have been tuning into you specifically within this specific timeline, which was averted because of your growth. So is there another timeline in which I don't grow? There could be. Got it. Or you could be merging and amalgamating all those timelines into the singular timeline. Here's one theory uh, is that as people gain more of themselves, they get more in alignment with who they are. They get more uh, intuitive abilities. They're actually gaining uh, more soul expressions or timelines into one singular timeline. So it makes one beefier, higher capacity timeline. Yeah, I know, right? Like this is why when we talk these things, it can go so many tangents and we, our brains want so badly to make it linear Mm -hmm. and a clean, concise progression, which it isn't because as soon as we're talking higher dimensional concepts, they go in every direction. If we're using direction as a way to quantify. Right. 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 So they go in every direction, just like dimensions are not linear either. They're not stacked on top of each other and they're not side by side. They're all over. They go in different angles. and, And so we have to kind of view it as this sort of unlimited, not fully understood thing because mm-hmm. even as I've had my guides explain it to me and I've seen it in different ways and you know we've had in-depth conversations it's I still in my rational human mind struggle to understand exactly all the details of how it works right and that's when they just kind of shake their head they're like listen your human mind just can't find the loops for it so right. just don't worry that this okay. is what's going on right okay. so yeah I understand I say that because I really understand if people are like what Hold yeah. on a second, right? Because it's it's beyond what it's beyond the laws of physics um, and reality within this 3D reality. Right. And that's the problem is we're trying to superimpose our 3D reality onto multiple dimensional reality. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
So we are we out of that? You said March 10th. So we're out of that time jumping phase, which is yeah. seems right. I haven't felt that mm -hmm. lately. So where what is going on now? What are they so, saying is going on now? Now is really interesting. I got to say it is. Um, there's a deep surrender required to now, especially for the fact that so many more people have become much more intuitive, much more open and awake right? Ability to feel into things. And for many people, that's like feeling into future events, feeling into, you know, which direction do I want to go? I'm feeling in this direction because of something I feel in the future. So what I'm getting at is a lot of people are becoming able to tap into the likelihood of the next thing on the timeline. Mm -hmm. But right now, that's really challenging for a lot of people because we actually, the energy, um, happening right now is really sparking. And what I mean by sparking, it's kind of like a, you know, those like sparklers on birthday cakes, you know, when mm -hmm. you like them, they're like, Psh. so there's a lot of sparking energy happening basically in every moment. And those sparks are multiple potentials of the direction that things are going to go based on so much free will on the planet right now, meaning humanity is really deciding the direction things go. And the potential of that is changing in every moment. So it's hard for us to feel into a month from now or two months from now, because we actually don't know what it's going to be because we have so many sparking pieces every moment along that line. So, so is that what spirit would say about like the war that's happening right now is that there's like, I mean, there's such yeah. this intense, you know, it feels to me like sparking that is happening where good is good and, and, light and darkness let's not say good yeah light and darkness are kind of like yeah right up against each other in a way that tug of war yeah. it's basically if you had like light and darkness like this every moment it's going like this in the potentials mm -hmm. in which way it tips now when i talk to my guides though and they go even higher than our humanitarian or our timeline for humanity they say all will time end well is our timeline for humanity like next week at this point? <laughs> yeah, I know. No, they have like, they have a lot of, um, hope's not the right word, um, confidence in the bigger picture of humanity. But there is a significant crisis point right now where they are really having to choose how far they can actually step in based on the main agreement of being human is free will. And so right now we're sitting in this, these multiple potentials of human free will dictating some of the paths we may or may not have to go, right? So many big decisions right now are really in the hands of humans, which I mean, they kind of always are in many ways, but pretty significant things are in the hands of humans right now, really at the precipice of potential directions that they can't quite step in until it becomes something so much more. How much more does it have to be? I, I mean, are they just shaking their heads at us going, gosh, you humans, you just can't seem to get it. You know, it's less than, it's less that and more compassion, like compassion for like, you know, when you watch like a little kid who's just struggling to figure something out and instead mm -hmm. of being like, God, why can't you get it? You're kind of like, ah, oh, come on, you can do this. Right. It's kind of a different perspective. Like we're yeah. more judgy in the human form, but they're really kind of all compassionate. Now they 
um, sorry, they're actually trying to talk to me right now. Uh, oh yes, okay, so they're saying one of the best things we can do right now is, and I did a podcast on this, is be kind of like a spiritual correspondent to spirit. So because think of it this way, they are constantly like watching over us, that kind of mm-hmm. standard thing. They're not literally mm-hmm. hovering over us, but they're they're not embodied in 3D. Right. So right, they're, right. That's a different perspective. Sure, some of them can come in and merge. Some of them probably can take on a physical form, but the majority are observing. So what they're saying is like right now, be a spiritual correspondent, like you would see a war correspondent or whatever. Give spirit the down low based on your perspective embodied right now. What do you see happening? What do you worry about? What would you like to see? What do you think is important that they know from your perspective? The more that we do this, the more they can get a really accurate hands-on approach because they gave it to me kind of like, you know, when you're watching a movie and when you're watching this movie, you're seeing the character play out and say certain things and you can get a really good idea. But you know, in the movies where the character breaks for a second and then talks to you, the viewer, Mm -hmm. right? They're like, so what I really want to do is ask her out and I don't know how to do it. Right. And then they pop back into the character. It's kind of like, oh, that's really what they're thinking. So spirit kind of gives that example of like, give us the direct conversation of what you think, feel, believe to be true, what needs to happen for humanity. Give us more intel from your perspective. And so there's a okay, big Okay, so it's from, our, from the human perspective, from human. each of our individual human perspective, not yep. what they're necessarily seeing yep. as they're watching it, because how they're going to interpret it is through the eyes of a, eyes, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. um, multidimensional. They're not three-dimensional the in the way that we are. Yeah, it's like when I had my near-death experience, I vividly remember my perspective as a spirit. And how different that is from my perspective as the human right now. Same person, right? Same being. But when deeply connected to the physical body and here, it's a very different reality than when you're in spirit and you're like, but all ends well, Mm -hmm. right? All is okay. But it's like, yeah, sure. But while I'm, you know, here in 3D and this and this and this and this and this is happening, I am struggling big time. I know all ends well, but right now, my now is not okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So it, mm-hmm. it's different. And so they want to know that very human version. And so we can do that just by talking to them. Like we don't have to see who we're talking to, but if we're driving, we're going for a walk, have a conversation with spirit, with God, source, your guides, the higher realms, whatever you connect to and tell them your experience, what your concerns are, what you think is going well, give them Intel. And will they then help us? Yeah, they will. Yeah, like they will better know how to help us. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a beautiful thought. Yeah. So it's not like they they're saying we are doing this because or we they're not puppeteering this. I think which sometimes people feel like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think like there's more puppeteering happening through humans humans by humans. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and spirit's trying to help us ascend through that and beyond that. But until we can release that need to control others through either corporations or whatever it may be, uh, we'll stay stuck in that control realm that happens within humanity. And so we have to 
walk through the pain, even though it seems it seems wrong. What's ha- I mean, there's so much that seems wrong in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is always the case. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In my mind, the 80s seemed really blissful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the music, the clothes. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know. true. <laughs> well, you know what, though? One thing to remember is when 2020 started, Spirit said that we were, and when I say spirit, I mean anyone on the other side, right? So like guides, angels, family members, uh, in this case, I'm referencing my guides. So they said in 2020, we would be starting a four-year massive awakening, ascension. So from 2020 to 2024 would be a hundred years worth of ascension condensed into four years. That's massive. And so think of where we are right now. We're right smack in the middle. We're like halfway through the marathon where we realize, oh my gosh, I am really tired. I'm really tired. I need some food. I need some hydration here. Otherwise I won't keep going. And I, so, oh, go ahead, finish. And then, no, I'm- yeah. So we have to be really thoughtful of how we move our bodies through this experience. Also recognizing that the stress that is happening on humanity is massive but it is also for massive change and growth. My worry is that people don't have it in them for another two years. Yeah, and that's very true. And that's why right now, 2022 is all about embodiment. Like the focus is embodiment so that we can really know what we need, know how to honor what that is, know how to rest when we need, know how to consciously choose what we need when it comes to boundaries, relationships, connection with people source and become very conscious because once we become very conscious with self, then we can start to consciously interact outside of ourselves, right? To the point where 2024 is about embodied relationships. So whether that be um, divine partnerships, community relationships, societal relationships, like it's about not just being in the I am energy, which we're still learning right now, but stepping out into the we are energy where we start working in unity and harmony for the betterment of more than just the self. But before we can do that, we need to know who the heck the self is, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So very condensed learning and it it is hard right now. It is a grind. And so Um, and I'm sure you see that with a lot of people. I yeah. see it with a lot of people. I feel it. Um, I don't think anybody could not be feeling it right now, right? It's very, very intense. And the pressure and the squeeze is on to condense, like I said, a hundred years into four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've felt, and I've said this before, I feel like I'm trying to keep my head a little bit above water so I can help other people swim. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what it feels like. To me right now. Mm -hmm. So let's shift a little bit and talk about these other dimensions. Mm -hmm. I think on the last, the last time we talked, we talked about Palladians and the Galactic Federation. Mm -hmm. So could you just refresh our memory? People can go back and listen to the previous podcast as well, but can you just refresh our memory about what those light beings are and what they're here for. And then can you expand a little bit on some, onto some of the, into some of the other ones? Yeah. So the first thing I always like to introduce for people that hit this point and they're like, wait a minute, urge hard. No, I'm out out of this conversation. Um, (laughs) First, I want to say I have been there myself uh, over a decade and a half ago when I had some guides first 
approach me. They had cloaks on and they wouldn't show who they were at first. And uh, I was already a medium, practicing medium at this point. And they came forward and I said, okay, show me who you are. And they're like, no, we need you to trust who we are, trust our frequency first, and then we'll show you who we are. And me being a little more cocky at that time was like, no, no, show me who you are. And they said, no, you won't be ready for it. So I spent the next couple months getting to know them. They gave me a lot of information that was valid, real. I became uh, very trusting of them. And then one day they said, okay, but we're going to show you who we are. And they took their cloaks off and they were not standard spirits as I had gotten to know that were either angels uh, or family members or guides that were very human. They looked a bit different. And I remember when I saw that, even though I was already used to being a medium, right? I was like, great, thanks. Well, that's where I quit. That's where this reality just went, mm -hmm. I'm done. I, what? So now we're talking about different life forms. And, and they said, this is why we didn't want to show you who we were. Um, now take some time to figure out what your truth is. And so they let me be. And so, I mean, that was years ago because now I've come to trust many of them. So here's my thought to intro this for people is in probabilities, it is not likely that out of all of the galaxies of galaxies, that the earth is the only inhabited place. If we take mathematic probabilities, earth is not the singular embodied place, right? So that kind of helps sort of warm up that open-minded, like, hmm, okay, fair, fair, right? So if that's the case, there are many different life forms on different planets, but also in different dimensions, okay? Doing different things in different solar systems. There's lots of information out on that. Now, coming specifically to our galaxy, there is the Galactic Federation of Light. So they are made up of tons of different beings from different places, really to help try and keep order and progression in the galaxy. Now, under that or a step lower specific, really specific to Earth is the Earth Alliance. And that one's made up of the Pleiadians from the Pleiades star system. You, people can Google that. It's the Seven Sister Star System. Um, they are very ascended light beings with higher consciousness that have already gone through what humanity is going through, this raising of consciousness so that we're not stuck under control factors within humanity where we desire to help others. They've already gone through it, so they desire to help us just as when we reach that point, we will then desire to help others, right? Mm -hmm. So like I said, the Earth Alliance is made up of Pleiadians, Syrians, and Arcturians. So the Syrians come from the Sirius star system. Uh, they are very ascended beings, um, more, more ancient, I guess I could say, than the Pleiadians. So they kind of sit at the top of this pyramid. They're very, very intellectual, very high consciousness. Right underneath them would be the Pleiadians. And then right underneath those would be the Arcturians who come from Arcturus. Um, they, so the Arcturians are more like the ones that are on the ground. Now, I don't mean that there's Arcturians running around our planet, mm -hmm. but they can be literally on the ground. I have had times where, you know, I'm walking in nature and I can see some walking, watching me. They're still slightly in spirit form, so higher dimension, but they're literally down on the planet to observe, 
to see what's really going on. Um, so they're often kind of like the boots on the ground ones. The Pleiadians are often the ones that really come and try and bring in higher teachings of consciousness, compassion, higher thoughts, um, awakening, all of that kind of stuff. And then the Syrians have this really, really, really high frequency that's actually hard to sustain communication with for a long time. Um, and they're kind of like the overseers of it. And so as we're going through this big change on the planet, we are very much supported by these light beings that make up the Earth Alliance. What do they look like to you? Um, so the... Uh, or feel Syrians, like, I guess, right? Yeah. The Syrians can show me themselves embodied, meaning um, <coughs> fully like physical, but they don't often. Um, all of these beings are interdimensional beings, meaning they can move through time and space and basically change the frequencies of their atoms and um, molecules so that they can be embodied or they can be energy. They have the ability to do that. So the Syrians will usually show themselves as light energy. So like a form, but more light energy. So when I have seen them more embodied, they look um, a little... They look somewhat human-like, uh, very beautiful, um, but definitely have bigger eyes, very like smooth features. They have this like smooth movement to them. Um, and they kind of tend to have like a, well, sometimes like a lighter hue, sometimes almost like a purpley hue, not quite. Mm -hmm. The Pleiadians are the ones that I see quite often, again, in spirit form, but they'll show themselves embodied in spirit form. So not just light and the Pleiadians are really tall. Uh, to me, I always see them as kind of like a really pale blue, very, very human looking, but just taller than us on average, but seven feet. Um, most of them have long hair, sort of like, uh, you know, in Lord of the Rings, the elves, how they have the longer hair all the time, kind of like that. Um, very kind and they live for a very, very long time. So I've talked to some that are like 500, 600 years old. But how are they living if they're not human? Because isn't that a human? Um, no, we're so not limited by, like humans are not the only um, embodied beings in the universe, right? That would be the same as saying okay, how do dogs saying. live if they're not human? It's like, well, they live because they're dogs. They're biologically dogs. I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, right. Um. So that's the Pleiadians and the Arcturians. They look a little bit more sort of a little more traditional ET like a um, little bit bigger head, uh, but still somewhat human like. So none of them look like gray aliens that people typically hear about. Um, they're a little bit shorter. Again, they're kind of bluish as well. Sometimes I see them as white. Sometimes I see them as kind of uh, light energy as well. But they're the ones that will tend to kind of show up uh, on the ground the pleiadians i often see in vision state same with the syrians but the arcturians that like they'll actually catch my eyes in my room or you know if i'm on a walk or something like that um i see them interdimensionally though too so i if you and i were sitting in the same room i don't while well, you're medium so that's a different story mm. if me and john smith were sitting in a room i don't think he would see it right unless you can have that higher frequency Gotcha. Yeah. And when they, when they present to you, are they pre sharing different messages because of how 
ascended they are? Yeah, they'll, um, like any time that I've had some big conversation with spirit and been like, you guys don't realize what's happening on earth here. Your perspective is skewed because you're not seeing what we're going through. Sure enough, usually a day or so later, there's an Arcturian that's kind of like following me around to see what is really going on. And then it's at that point where I'll tune in and have a full on conversation with them. And you're like, here's the situation. Yeah. We've got COVID happening. People are freaking out. Yeah. We're now in a war. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I mean, again, they are here to support our awakening. They're here to support our rising of consciousness. Um, but they will not also interfere on free will aspects. Right. Mm-hmm. So like we have to learn through doing, they're not going to help us pass all these tests. If we could use it, if you could use that analogy, they're not going to write the tests for us. They'll help us study. They'll mm-hmm. give us opportunities to put to practice the things we're learning, but they're not going to write the test for us. We have to do that as humanity. And the way we do that is each and every one of us chooses to start thinking consciously about why do I do what I do? Why am I reacting this way? What needs to be healed within me? How can I make a better choice that feels aligned with me? What does that then do to help others? Like we, it's about being conscious mm-hmm. in our choices and not just reacting out of traumas or pain or, right. you know, indifference, right? Consciously and, participating. And the only way we can really do that is through being human. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I love that you said that because that's another piece is, Sometimes when we get on a spiritual journey, we want to spend so much of our time up there, right? Yes. Up in the higher realm. I talk about this all the time. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Being all like spiritual, but like we forget that we are here to be human. We chose to embody. Which is spiritual, human. which is spiritual, exactly. right? The human exactly. experience is a spiritual one. It totally is. And it's a challenging one because 3D reality is a dense reality. If we chose to have a lifetime, which we probably have in different ones, as a Pleiadian, we're having a lifetime in a higher dimensional consciousness, which is going to have more ease and grace than a third dimensional consciousness. But we chose to be here to learn lessons, especially everyone that's here at this time right now, going through this massive change on the planet. We're not here by mistake. We chose, we signed up to be here at this time. We just have to remember that and then start shifting the mentality of like, why is this happening to me or the world? Like for me, that victim mentality and think instead, okay, what am I here to learn? What can I do differently? How can I have an impact? Like, how can I make the most of the experience here? Because I want to say too, when I again had my near-death experience, when they asked me if I wanted to come back, I remember vividly, they're like, do you want to go back? And I remember pondering, like my reaction was instant, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I still pondered all within that same time. how much I valued the human experience mm-hmm. and valued being here and was like, I want to go back because there's more that I can do. And I value it. I, from that soul perspective, valued this experience so big. It was such a great ascension tool. Um, but we don't, we don't really see it that way when we're stuck in it. Right. So there's such a value as to why each and every one of us are here. Mm-hmm. Right now. 
Well, I could talk to you for hours. It's interesting because I did transformational breath work. I've been doing Ooh. some transformational breath work. I'll talk about that. I'm going to do a podcast on that in the future. Um, but in the session, I, I left my body, but I could still talk and everything, but I wasn't in my, I mean, I know I wasn't in my body because one, I could um, feel this light expansiveness, mm-hmm. but I remember saying, I don't want to like speaking it like this, not just saying it in a conscious alternative state. I don't want to come back into my body. My body is so heavy. It's so dense. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to feel that. It's so hard even to put into words and describe what happened because I could feel the heaviness of my body, even though I wasn't in my body. It was like, I knew how heavy it is to walk around in this like coat of armor. Mm-hmm. all the time. And I just kept thinking, oh, do I, and I would say, I was saying this to my, I guess my coach, teacher, mentor, whatever he is. Um, I don't want to come back. Do I have to come back into the body? And he was like, yeah, you kind of do. <laughs> I was like, yeah. well, can I like wait a little longer out here? Yeah. Um, he was like, sure. But eventually you gotta, you gotta reintegrate, you know, mm-hmm. back into your body. That's sort of the best way I can. Yeah. That's of- a great example. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that explain that in meditation. I know I've felt that before in mm-hmm. real expansive meditations where you come back and connect to the body and you're like, Whoa, yes. it's dense. It's heavy, yes. it's limited. It's, but it is what allows us to be present here in 3d, right? It's the vehicle that carries us through this human experience. And mm-hmm. so there's, there's such a value to it. Um, and a value to experiencing too, because here's another thing is as much as human life is challenging, especially because we have such dense emotions, right? Like we're very emotional beings. We also get to gain so much from that emotional experience. And so that's one of the things that spirits really look forward to coming into human life is to feel the depth and the breadth Mm -hmm. of emotions Mm -hmm. that we feel here as humans, Mm -hmm. right? Like the highs and the lows, because again, those highs and lows and everything in between is where we learn and gain so much wisdom. And that's really what the soul desires. Well, gosh, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to have you back because I just love talking to you. Yeah. But if people want to find out about what you're doing, you have a podcast too. You talk, Mm -hmm. I I watch your Instagrams all the time. You do podcasts. So tell everybody where they can find you. You have this amazing Avalon spirit team that you work with that are mediums and regression therapists and coaches. And so I will let you. uh, Yeah. So um, my website, avalonspirit.com is where you can find all of that kind of stuff to further your journey. Um, But I do put out a lot of free content for people because I think everybody should have access to Ascension Awakening tools. And if my tools that I'm offering for my guides resonate, awesome. Um, but people can find me on uh, Jeanette Biro Medium YouTube. I also do a daily card reading there, oh. um, Monday to Friday. So podcast is posted there as well as all the audio platforms. And my podcast is the Jeanette Biro podcast. Pretty simple. And then also um, on Facebook or Instagram, it's uh, Jeanette Biro Medium. So pretty simple, but lots of stuff. Try to I try to connect with people daily and we do have an Avalon Spirit Facebook group. If people want to connect with me, I'm on that daily as well. It's a great hub for 
all the things that we're putting on at Avalon Spirit as well. So um, yeah, and then if people are wanting to dive deeper into learning their own gifts and abilities, I do teach a Lightworker Mentorship Circle Level 1 and Level 2, which teaches people how to connect into their own gifts. Um, and then for those that want to deep dive into the crazy, like what we talked about today, <laughs> uh, I have a monthly cosmic consciousness circle that people can join where we do some deep dive topics. So again, all of that's on avalonspirit.com. Jeanette, thank you so much again. So yeah. enlightening. Always Thanks love learning me. from you, chatting with you. So I know, I know people have already reached out to you from the last podcast because they yeah. reach back out to me and say how great their experience was. So oh, fantastic! thank you for all you're doing to kind of raise, raise our awareness, raise our consciousness and help us all continue to learn and grow. Well, thanks so much for having me and, and your words are really kind and heartfelt. So thank you. Of course. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.